everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. So Luke and I actually sat down this afternoon and recorded a episode where we were going to talk about kind of like our expected 2023-2024 predictions for the Premier League and kind of some general thoughts on FPL assets that we really thought were going to be the highest score in each division of midfield, forward, defender, all that stuff. And we actually touched on a couple subjects of especially Harry Kane and Moses Caseta, where we talked about potential landing spots, repercussions of them leaving. And it turns out after we recorded the podcast about five hours later, Harry Kane is for sure heading or heavily speculated by Fabricio, which we all know what that means. He will be going to Bayern Munich and Moses Caseta will be going to Liverpool, which both have their own repercussions across the Premier League, but two huge groundbreaking moves that we actually do talk about in the podcast so keep listening we kind of give some thoughts but just so you know those moves basically have been confirmed and there's a lot of far-reaching repercussions so just be aware of it as fpl players and just premier league fans there's going to be a lot of change happening so keep your eyes out for it and enjoy the podcast i can't even lie luke's pissing me off today sorry this cat, we literally sit here for 10 minutes, he's not doing anything, and then he decides right when I hit play, <laughs> and I decided to delete it, he pulled out some kind of snack that made a million crackling noises that sounds great on audio. When the hunger hits. <laughs> Good <laughs> so, God. You know, I don't have much to say here, frankly, so let's just start the podcast <laughs> before this devolves too far. Um, yeah, we're going to have a full scale <laughs> This fight on the podcast. We Not will, what you all came for, but I'm sure you'll enjoy we it. We will do some <laughs> numbers, let me tell you. We will. We'll have to change to a visual medium so people can see you in some fight. Our, our new UFC podcast. <laughs> the next iteration of the Zuckerberg and Musk fight. <laughs> yeah, which I hope that happens. But, um, okay, so today, guys, we are um, throwing a lot of content your way this week, but we're going to... Um, kind of have a more Premier League-centric podcast, the little FPL stuff, but we're going to kind of dive into um, who we think are going to be the top, t- where the 20 teams in the Premier League are going to fall, 1 through 20. We're going to dive into our list, and we'll tweet them out. We'll put them on social just so everybody knows them, and we'll stand by them because at the end of the year, I guarantee we're probably going to be wrong. If I get all 20 right, though, then I think next year I'll be throwing a lot of money on the Premier League and I'll be making <laughs> bad decisions. Well, <laughs> well, we'll see how that goes. We will see. Um, I think I already know who you're going to put first, but we'll save that for a little bit. Um, how could I not? Do we, so, Paul, did you you also um, you didn't mention that we're also going to do a prediction for who we think are going to be the top performing assets for FPL. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to do defenders, midfielders, and forwards, just the top three that we think are going to be the best performers in those positions. Mm-hmm. And we'll do that in the second half of the pod. Um, but we're going to keep this one pretty short today. Um, just kind of hit the high points, tell you all what we think for what's going to come up with this upcoming season, and we'll get out of here. You know? Yeah. So um, how about we just dive right into it? I don't think we even need to do an initial, you know, first break. So let's just, fine. Yeah. just go head first into it, right? And Paul, do you want to do maybe your top four, what you predict? Okay, so you want to start at the – yeah, that's fine. We'll just go down from there. Okay. Yep. So number one, we got the Gunners. Uh, Arsenal, Arsenal <laughs> finishing number one. And to me, this is kind of like a heart pick, but it's also like I think Arsenal added a lot of depth. They have a lot of different options. They're a lot deeper this year. I think if they have the injury issues they had last year, they have enough depth where they can kind of have quality players slide into those positions. Right. And they right. also, I think they did a good job this summer of signing players that have a lot of diversity in the positions they can play. Yes. So even if, they, even if they do have more injuries than last year, I think they're a little more adaptable, per mm-hmm. se, to those injury concerns. I think that's a big thing. I also think that... This team was still growing last year. They'll still be growing this year, but they have a full year of a full-on title run, title race under their belt. Arteta's growing into himself. The the system's functioning better. So, I think it could. I there is a chance that Arsenal could kind of just stagnate and maybe end up like fourth, fifth, somewhere in that range. But I I really think this is going to be Arsenal's year to really just really like cement their. On the stage, yeah. You know, yeah. I, I think whenever you look at the way the position that Arsenal is in right now, 
last season, they definitely overperformed their expectations. That's right. And they, they did this previous season as well, right? Almost making it in the Champions League. Um, so I think that I don't know if Arsenal's going to be as come out to as great of a start as they did last season, but I see them, you know, at some point in the season going on a really incredible run, you know, yeah. kind of esque of what City did at the end of last season where they reeled off, what was it, like 10, 15 unbeaten in a row in the league. Um, actually, it's probably even more than that. I don't know. But I really do think Arsenal is going to have a good season, and that is reflected in my rankings, but I have them second in the table. Okay. Do you want me to finish my top four? Yeah. And then, yeah. No, and let's we'll do your top four. Yes. Okay. Sorry. So number one, I have Arsenal. Number two, City. They're just too good, man. Like, they're going to be top three somewhere in there. There's, there's no doubt in my mind. And then I have Newcastle number three and Liverpool number four. Very interesting. Our top four differs a little bit here. Okay, let's hear yours. Um, I think Newcastle is probably the most interesting to me out of that top four. I have Manchester City at number one. I have Arsenal at number two. Liverpool third. I think they're going to figure out a lot this season. And mm-hmm. um, I agree. I think they're going to concede a lot of goals, but I think they're going to score a ton of goals. And then fourth, I have Brighton. Oh, I like that. I really do. I but think that's questionable to me, though. What what kind of in the back of my mind that made me think perhaps not Brighton was because of how much they're committing to in European qualif- qualifications and how they've already qualified for European competition. Valid. So I think having a bigger squad, which they do this season, you know, there's a lot. They've brought in some really key players, but losing Caicedo could be a really big hit for them. Yes. If he did manage to stay, which it seems like he's for and sure McAllister not going to. Too. Yeah, two big losses there. But if Caicedo goes, they get, they're going to need another replacement for him, which is someone like Tyler Adams, who would have been a great fit, but yeah, he's dude, now with Chelsea. Um, so that. I'm very high on Brighton. I think that Deserby is going to continue to adapt his system, and Brighton's going to be a fun team to watch, and hopefully they can you know hit top four. I'd love to see that for them. Yeah, I, I'm there with you. Like I think that's a, that's a good shout-out, which – I sneakily think that there is an outside chance that Newcastle could end up lifting the Premier League trophy this year. Very interesting. I mean, so if we think about it, like, look at their run last year. Like, they easily were a top-four team. Their defense was great. Then their then their attacking prowess kind of came in later towards the season. If they can mesh both those things and with the pieces they've added this year within their system, I mean, look at it. They added um, Harvey Barnes. They added Tenali, who I think is could probably be maybe the signing of the summer. Like, there's, there's pieces they added that just solidify what they did last year. And I think you could see sneakily, like, as the season goes on, we're going to be like, oh, shit, why weren't we why weren't we higher on Newcastle at the beginning of the year? And they've also added Livermonte from Southampton mm-hmm. on the left back. Yeah. He, he was he a Chelsea could really change. Guy. Yeah, he was. He could really change the way in which Eddie Howe's playing with this team because they've had Dan Byrne always playing in, like kind of playing back as that center back, as mm-hmm. a kind of untraditional left back, um, and allowing Trippier to go forward. But it would if they decide to go more attacking and play with Trippier and Livermonte going forward, then that could be really exciting to watch and you know could change their eventual position on the table. Yeah, dude, I, um, I think that's pretty exciting. I think if for Bright- I think Brighton's kind of the same case too. Like I think if they keep Caicedo, then... And Sillings, I don't think they are. He was sitting out of practice will. and I not training will, with the team. So They really should try to keep him as much as they could. But if he wants to go, they probably should just sell him, get the money, yeah. and redistribute. We're, we are recording this podcast the Thursday before the deadline. Yeah. Um, and it seems like Brighton want to get the deal done in the next 24 hours or so. So hopefully, yeah. probably should. he will be out or close to finalizing a deal with another um, team by the time the Premier League season starts with Burnley Liverpool, and Manchester City. Liverpool. That would be would, so exciting. That would be so fun to have him Yeah, I would He'd be that. perfect for I'd that love team. That, that would okay. be good for the Premier League. Mm-hmm, yeah. I agree. Yeah. So, Luke, I'm going to go through. I'll read five through ten okay. teams I have. So, number five, I have Manchester United. Number six, Brighton. Seven, Spurs. Eight, Villa. Nine, Chelsea. Ten, Palace. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I think our rankings are going to be somewhat similar. So for 5 through 10, I have Manchester United in 5th. Mm-hmm. I have Newcastle in 6th. I have Chelsea Naughty. in 7th. Aston Villa in 8th. Spurs at 9 and Brentford at 10. Okay. 
a lot of people are really low on Brentford, and I am currently low on their FPL assets just because there's a lot of turmoil, not quite sure know, how dude. things are going to go. But I do see Brentford as a club that will figure it out. And if they have to adapt systems, you know, and Tony will be coming back in January. So but that's a long time. It is, right? I mean, that's like, over I, half I think the season. They're going to miss out on a lot of goals, though, Tony. And he helps facilitate so many things they do up front. Yeah. Like, is that hold-up man that can help he, create he off long balls played to him? like epitome of a talisman. Yeah. Right? He is that person who represents their entire system, how they want to play without him. They're going to struggle big time. Yeah, I mean, he just has a real knack for just, like, knowing what's going to happen and putting what? money on it and making money off it. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Loves to roll the dice, right? Some would call him a prophet or a gambler. I don't know what you're going to call it. I wonder if he's in the prophet. Um, but kind of going back to Brentford, like my biggest thing too with what they're trying to do is I don't think they have a profile that is similar to Tony that's going to be a part of his replacement no, team. They're going to so have to adapt. They're going to have to change their system. And, I mean, like like the game we saw when we were in Maryland, like, I mean, they were up 2-0 on Villa and then the game completely switched, which I realized was preseason friendly, blah, blah, all this stuff. But, like, I think you could see a lot of a lot of that from Brentford this year because they're gonna like they love absorbing that pressure, but like without Tony, it's gonna be really difficult for them to do exactly what they want to do. Be. So. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, Paul, we'll do see. you want to go through your eleven to fifteen rankings? Yeah. So um, eleven, I have Brentford, twelve West Ham, thirteen Force, fourteen Fulham, and fifteen Burnley. Very interesting. West Ham is a lot higher than I have West Ham on mine. Yeah. Go ahead. We can Is talk. That, you you, okay. you, you yeah. do yours, and then we'll right. talk about West Ham. For 11, I have Everton. 12. <laughs> what? Just calm down. Calm oh, down. my. Get out. 12, 12, Fulham. 13, Bournemouth. 14th, Crystal Palace. And 15th, Burnley. I, I have no words. Which one is the most astounding to you out of these? Which one do you think is? Everton. Why would ever? I think Everton could have a really good season. For one, I think Dan Juma is going to be an excellent signing if he can stay healthy. Um, if he can stay healthy. And I think having an entire preseason for Sean Dyche to work with his players, develop the squad, and working on exactly how he wants them to play, I think Everton's going to have a lot better of a season than they did last year. Listen, I, I really think Sean Dyche is the kind of manager that comes in in a desperate need, changes things, gets you through a relegation fight. I let's see if he's going to do it for a whole season at Everton cuz and also at Everton I just don't believe in them and they also just piss me the hell off so like I can tell you that um yeah we'll, we'll see with with their dire financial situation it is easily predictable to say that they're going to be really bad this season because they have not brought in many players into the squad at all. Um, So, you know, it is, you know, kind of a long shot for them to end up at 11th, but I wouldn't be shocked to see something like that. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Um, Okay. Well, that is interesting. Um, West Ham. Why do you have West Ham so high up in the table? I don't know. I think that's a team with a lot of talent, and I realize they just sent out their best player maybe in the last 15 years of Declan Rice. This is a team that has the ability to score goals, and I think that's really how you stay up. Like, I mean, you obviously you have to defend, but I think they have the ability to create goals. They have a system they all understand, and I, I don't know with with the teams that I think are going down. I just think, especially West, I think West Ham's going to surprise people. I mean, they were if you look at them like two years ago, they were <laughs> what they were in Europa League. Yeah. Like there's some like there's a pedigree. I mean, they just won conference team. league. Yeah, like I, you know, like they can they can find it. They just, but they also could like honestly. I I think it's kind of a long shot to put them at twelve, but I don't know. I just felt it. I think twelve is a perfect fit. Maybe even a little low, if they go out and get Florian Balogun, the up top, newly yeah. USMNT commit who Flo. could. I mean, for them, he could be an incredible player. Right. The way that he can poach goals. Him. Imagine him playing with Bowen um, and then whoever they're going to play on the left. Can we talk about Luis Paqueta going to Man City? Like, what the was, hell was, is that? Was that a fake report that they were going to pay 101? No, that that is true from what I've seen. I've heard seen it from multiple different reliable sources. Like, I mean, I realize that the, the Paqueta is a, like, immensely talented player that can help create all these things. But, like, for that... 
Like I'm, I'm gonna look up his stats real fast. Like, keep going, but like I, I that is simply baffling to me. Like that's almost what like Man City paid for. Like they paid a lot less than that for Holland. Yeah, and uh, it just bothers me, right? Because if you look at his comparison to other similar players, his xg, xa, assist, goals, pass percentage, the only area that he excels in is tackling and clearances and aerials one like you could he, probably literally put phil Foden in whatever position you wanted him to, i do not understand like a better pro a better product like i that's that's nuts to me i don't know what your team so doing, last season he played in 28 games for west ham right um he started in 27 of those he had four goals and three assists I yep. I don't know if you know because he's a Brazilian. There's an extra fifty million pound additional fee on this, but it blows my mind. And I do. <laughs> if not he was understand. American, he'd be worth ten million pounds. I just don't get it. Right? He he's a fun <laughs> no player shit. to watch, and he has you know flair to his game. But for that That's much, nuts. you need something more than what you're getting out of him, right? I just yeah. I don't get it. I, maybe he'll be a great signing for City. I don't, but I don't understand. I don't get it. I, I, we'll see. We'll see. Okay. Lucas. Well, all right. Let's um, um, let's sorry go. Sorry for that. Did you do your um, eleven? You did your eleven. I did. Yeah, you okay. were shocked by Everton. Yeah, I'm gonna do my final. Um, yeah, sixteen through twenty. Yeah. All right. So at number sixteen, we have Sheffield United. Seventeen, Luton Town. Eighteen. The th- so these are gonna be the three teams going down. It's gonna be Everton, Bournemouth, and Wolves. Wow. Wow. All three Premier League teams going down. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. even promoted sides. Yeah, let's let's hear what you have to say, Luke. Okay. Um well I wanna dive more into that, but so for sixteen I have forced. I have West Ham at seventeen. I have Wolves at eighteen being relegated. Nineteenth in the table I have Lut- Luton Town. And then twenty I have Sheffield United. I've basically the reason why I'm making this decision is I don't know enough about these newly promoted sides to say whether I fully think they're going to stay up or go down. And it's really difficult to break into a top flight league and fight your way out of the bottom and avoid relegation. So I just, I think it's going to be really difficult for these two teams, especially Luton and Sheffield. Um, I hope that they can come up and stay up, but I'm not optimistic from what I know at this point. I think we've kind of seen just from the last five years of what Luton's done as a club. Like, I think this is an organization that is easily amendable to their own situation. And I think they make really good practical practical decisions. For some reason, there's just something I like about them where I just feel like this year we'll probably end up staying up in, in some way or regard, which I could be drastically wrong. Like, I mean... It could be a situation where they're absolutely punching above their weight, but I mean, I just think th- I, I just think there's something there. Like I think they may barely scrape by, but I think they're going to stay up this year. Yeah, I honestly I hope so too. We I think we all have a natural tendency to root for newly promoted sides. We want to see them come in, play well, um, and be impactful, and kind of really give their fans that that sorry style of play and you know, success that they really deserve because it's it's incredible that they've all been promoted to the Premier League. The financial implications are great for the club. So, you know, hopefully they can stay up, you know, against yeah. the odds. So I hope so. I hope they do. So, um you, did you say yours? You said yours. Yes. <laughs> this uh, is the I'm second just, time. <laughs> I'm just making sure. I'm just making sure. Um so we both agreed on wolves going down. We did. Right. It kind of seems like a dumpster fire right now. With doesn't the it? internal internal turmoil that's going on, getting rid of Lapetegui, bringing in O'Neill, it's going to be interesting to see how the season plays out for Wolves. I don't know if I'm too optimistic on. I mean, that's why I have them being relegated. I mean, you I never just, know, but I mean, do we have we heard anything about why? Yeah. So Lapetegui was upset about them not making any signings over the summer, and he had expressed his frustration to them. Um, and apparently this, him being let go was agreed upon, I think like a week or maybe even two ago, whenever they were playing Celtic. Um, and then at this point he just said he would stay on up until they could get another manager. So, um, Mm -hmm. that's kind of 
how we ended up here. Um, so Wolves fans, naturally very unhappy at this moment. Yeah, no, I mean, literally what a terrible time to fire your manager. Like, it's almost a worse time now than, like, probably, like, two or, like a m- month or two into the season. I don't know. The earlier you get that change, the more time they have to implement a system. I wouldn't wait. I think there's no reason to wait, especially see, if both so parties are happy. So I say that because at least, like, like you go through preseason, you go through all this stuff with one manager, and then literally right before the end of preseason, you fire him. But my right. my thought process, I'm like, you go through preseason, you at least get like five or six matches out of what you've built in preseason, and maybe it doesn't work. But at least maybe you get some points from that rather than just going into the into the season and you're just like thrown in the deep end, you know? Yeah, See what I'm saying? I, I understand what you're saying, but I think but I mean, my mind looks at it the opposite way. I, I, I understand what you're saying. Like yeah. you, It's just a clean slate from the beginning. Right, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I think we'll that's going to do it for our predictions for the Premier League season. Um, that's kind of what we see, how it's going to shake out in the table. We stand by these predictions. We do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> as bad or as good as they turn out. Yeah, we'll see how they actually pan out at the end of the season. We'll come back and kind of bring this back up and see how right or how wrong we were. Mm-hmm. But we'll probably take a little break right now um, and then come back and give our quick fire predictions for the top defenders midfielders and forwards for fpl all right we'll be back we are back to talk with you all about our predicted top fpl performers in defenders midfielders and forwards yep um so let's just dive right into it paul how about we start from the back and work our way upwards does that work for you yeah, what do you mean the you could take that in many different ways? Like we'll start with defenders, go to midfielders, and then go to forwards. Okay. Work. Okay. I'm just saying like if you were looking at it inversely from the front, that could be considered the back. Like it just depends on how you're like your perspective, you know? Yes. Yeah. We're we're doing some geometry and math here about angles and let's move on. What how the about hell you are you saying? <laughs> we're shutting go this down. Into defenders All right, I'm gonna us. start with my defenders. Okay, so I will say one of these options that I'm throwing out really depends on health. And yes, it's probably not the most practical choice, but we'll just start with them. Number one, Ben Chilwell. Uh, when you said I, health, that's what I think this dude, like he, like we've just seen, like he has the ability to be so creative in the attacking front for Chelsea. And if he's given like basically the keys to do what he wants, then he has the prowess, he has the ability, he has the creativity to get goals, to get assists, and to, honestly to be a pretty vital form of how Chelsea scores goals. Yeah, he does. I think he's a staple in a lot of teams right now, mm-hmm. and there's a good reason why, because he has a lot of potential. Yeah, and I think you're also going to see an improved Chelsea defense this year t- too, because, I mean, especially if they get Kai Sato, I think that they're going to have a lot more protection in front of their center backs and their and their full right. and their full backs. So I think he could pot personally be maybe the best defender this year. Paul, you're forgetting if they don't get Caicedo, they have the one and only Tyler Adams. Yeah, he's going to be a big improvement. I mean, shit, dude, with Tyler Adams, like he's he could be their starting right back if re, when Reece, after Reese James get hurt gets hurt most likely. Mm. But they they also picked up um, I can't remember his name from yeah, France. Yeah, there's the guy from France yeah. too. But I'm just saying that like I, I think. They have a lot of like really good defenders on that team. Yeah, they especially do. once they, they get Caicedo. So mm-hmm. we'll see. We'll see what happens with um, them. Um, who do you think, Luke? Paul, let's actually just have you go through all three defenders, okay. and then I'll do mine. Okay. So and then number two, I have Trippier, just kind of for the reasons we talked about earlier with Newcastle, and I think he's going to be involved with stuff. Which early on as an FPL asset, we really don't love him, just because like Newcastle has a terrible stretch in the beginning where they play a lot of teams that are probably going to get goals against them. I could see them probably winning those games, but right. clean sheets are going to be here and there and. Yeah, probably yeah. not something we'd want to bet on as managers. Agreed. But over the stretch, the course of a season, I think he's probably still going to prove to be one of the best FPL assets out there. Yeah, he for sure will be. I think that he's going to be an amazing person to own in teams, um, and he'll he'll definitely be in mine as well. Yeah. And then next, I have the man himself, Trent Alexander Arnold. Especially if he, we're kind of questionable now if he's going to be playing that midfield role. But if he's in that midfield role, then he is going to be somebody that we really can't miss out on as FPL managers. Even if he's not playing in that midfield role, he still shows so much promise. 
He does? Because he bombs forward, right? But if but he's playing as almost a center back, it's it's scary. But from a clean sheet perspective, like Liverpool last year just absolutely leaked goals everywhere. They and did, and that, they've been that doing that in the change. preseason as well, too. That could change, but, I mean, also, yeah, I mean, like... If, say, they get Lavia, that would be a big help for them. Um, if they can swoop in and steal Caicedo from Chelsea... Yeah, if they got Caicedo, that would be awesome. For rumors them. are heavy that he might... They might be... They're going to bid for him. I don't know if they're going to get him or not, but... We know Liverpool don't like to bid that much, so... No, they would have to definitely jack up that price a little bit. Yeah, but... In order um, for them to be... Yeah, those are my three defenders. I think all probably, in my opinion... And I'm probably going to be the highest scores in FPL this year yeah. for defenders. I think that's a great prediction. Who's your there. list, Luke? So first I have Trent Alexander-Arnold. I think he's going to have a fabulous yep. season with Liverpool. But I think a lot of FPL managers out there are going to be very concerned about how they are um, – yeah, how they are going to be able to fit him in other teams with that £8 million price point. It's going to be very difficult for people to get him into it. Um, and then secondly, I have Pedro Poro. I think he's going to be an excellent choice for people to have in this in their team. Um, so when you think about it, right, with Pedro Poro, the main concern that I have is I'm not sure if he's going to play or not. I think there's a little bit of worry about expected minutes, um, but if he's on the pitch... I feel amazing about his opportunity to maybe get some clean sheet points. Do you think he's going to be the highest one of the highest performers though? I do. Yeah, if he's playing and st- starting consistently, I think he could be one of the highest point performers from a defender perspective. I don't know, dude. Yeah, I just I, if we uh, look at what he did at the end of last season, I mean, he had 3 goals, 3 assists that outperformed Shaw John Stones and those are two of the top picks right now. I just I just don't think that that Spurs are gonna be that great from the back though. It, like honestly clean, clean with, sheet perspective. With like a I lot just, of these teams when we're looking at defenders, we're not I mean, any clean sheet that you get is seen as more of a bonus for me. Right? That's why I'm picking players that are attacking going forward you know well i mean that's the thing that made trippier so good last year was that yeah he had like the attacking returns and everything but i mean he also racked up a lot of clean sheet points too yeah but then that kind of fell off at the end of the season it did but he was still a really good performer even i mean because he had those clean sheets behind him yeah he he did but i think his biggest differentiator was the bonus points bonus points yes and pedro poro someone who i think can make a ton of bonus points with the way he plays and gets forward. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of my prediction. You know, it's maybe a little little out there, but something that I think is very possible. And then for my third defender, it's a Stupinon. I think we all know what to expect from him. He is going to be mm-hmm. getting forward, playing progressively. I mean, he basically plays as a winger Yeah. Um, in tandem with Matoma. So someone very exciting. I think he is probably one of the most necessity he's one of the players that i think is an essential to have in your squad okay yeah yeah i would um, agree with you yeah um yeah, yeah that's no all one. i have to say about stupid on really i think you know he's self-explanatory frankly mm-hmm. um so paul do you want to go into your list of midfielders the top three yeah so i'll start with um the egyptian king mosala i let's just go ahead and say i have the same one okay same we can check one. all those boxes yeah. for us so he i think honestly there's not much to say we just know He's going to perform. We know what he's going to do. Why are you looking at me like that? I can't wait to tell you my number two. I I think you may be surprised by number two also. Okay. What's your number two? Um, Son. Son. Wow. Okay. That's that's interesting. Tell me more. Tell me more. I don't know. It, it's kind of the same thing with Saul. Like, I think last year Son had a down year where I think it was honestly a Conte thing. Like, with Conte and the style he put in, like, Son just kind of was the one that was frozen out. Right. And right. especially with, I mean, we like we talked about in all these podcasts, there's the Harry Kane decision looming, which is going to have a big impact. But I think if Kane stays, I think Son's going to have a massive year with them kind of having right. a renaissance yeah. of like mm-hmm. that partnership. And you throw James Madison in there and then or Charleston or Kuliseski, whoever it is on the right, like that's going to be a really good start, like attacking foursome right there. Yeah. And he's, I, Son's just somebody like he scores crazy goals he also is just in great positions all the time mm-hmm. and i think he's gonna i think what's how do you say their manager's name Postacogu? 
Postacoglu. Postacoglu, yeah. yeah Very, he, you're close. Yeah. yeah, he's gonna give. I think he's probably gonna let Son kind of be more of himself, and kind of let him, let him just kind of not do what he wants, but like play more in his put natural him, position. Put him, put him back right. in like positions he's comfortable. You know, I think building off what you're saying, right? Whenever Son was playing in Conte's system, he was so far wide. Yeah, right. Parasitch was he, almost higher than him sometimes. You know, like, it, the spaces he was inhabiting were not the area that he thrives in. He, I see it as he thrives in that little half space on the left wing. It's like Pulisic in the USMT jersey. Yeah, exactly. You know, like he loves being in that little half space where he can cut to his right, bend it in the top corner, you know, play one-two with Harry Kane. All those things he severely lacked last season. And Parasitch mm-hmm. was not a good fit for him. Um, but I do think with the way that Tottenham are going to play, they're going to push their wing backs really high, have them attacking the flanks, and then that allows Son to tuck in. If Kane's still there, he's going to be able to interplay with him, interplay with James Madison, mm-hmm. find that top corner with that beautiful right foot. Um, I I think this is a great shout. He could have an amazing season. The price he has point, the ability yeah, he does. to easily, easily beat. He could beat Salah in returns. The price point? Is I mean, kind of hard to get. I mean, it's not terrible. It's so much nine, better than last season. For nine million, like yeah. I think that's almost, honestly for somebody that has is explosive as he is, and kind of has like I mean, there's question marks like we kind of talked about in the pod a couple of days ago, but like there's also immense upside too. There is so high exactly. risk, high yeah. risk, high return. Yeah, I think the big question though there is if you can go to Marcus Rashford instead of Son, wouldn't you? At this point, I think a lot of managers would decide to go with Rashford with his consistency and what you got from him last season. But you also look at Marcus Rashford, and he had not a great run towards the end of the season last year. He didn't, but I think that was a lot of that was injury-related from what I've heard. I mean, possibly, possibly. But, I mean, it's also like, I mean, give and take, you know? It is. And a big question mark with Rashford at the start of the season specifically is he's probably going to be playing up top for United. Yeah. And that's not necessarily his preferred position. It's not where he thrives the most, so... I wouldn't be shocked to see a little dip and then have him just rip through the rest of the season. Um, and United's first fixtures are up and down. You know, they play City. Uh, I can't remember all of them. But they have some difficult fixtures mingled in with some really easy fixtures. Yeah. So it, he could be an interesting asset for the season. Um, but I love that song pick. I think he yeah. could be a great, great selection for FPL managers. Right. So like my last midfield pick is Saka. Saka, very. That's. Yeah. I think that's a very good top three. Yeah, I mean, I think we saw a lot of things last year of Saka developing into not even just an elite goal scorer, but somebody that is a staple in an Arsenal attack that is heavily involved in goals and assists. And there were so many times last year that he scored goals where it was just like, where did that come from? Mm-hmm. Like he just has that knack of like putting the ball in the back of the net with his right foot and his left foot. Like, it's kind of crazy. And he's on pins. What was the goal he scored against Manchester United at home where he just bent the ball all the way around De Gea? Do you remember that, where he hit it with his left foot? Yeah, that was the one we were watching in Orlando. Yeah, we were at FanFest in Orlando. Mm -hmm. And that is just the quintessential soccer goal. You know, he cuts in on that left foot and just beautifully hits at home. So I I would love – I think he's going to be a great asset this season. So that's a great shout. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Well, um, what? Let's hear your midfield. So, number two, I have Phil Foden. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here! You did that. I, you did that no, just no. to trigger me. I cannot <laughs> I believe not. you. I am fully on the Phil Foden hype train. I think that the community can we, shield. Can we like put some money on this? Has, like, I will put down. I'll put down fifteen dollars right now, telling you that I think Phil Foden will be in the top three of fantasy Premier League scores in the midfield i'll take that bet any day fifteen dollars all right you're on deal on the pod we shook on it if we could reach each other on the pod all right foden top three fpl you got it my notes um so i think that foden is going to have a breakout season because ultimately from the way i see it this is a make or break season for him at manchester city if he goes into the squad puts in really good performances, keeps, you know, in the manager's good graces. I think we could see, you know, his best goal and assist contributions out of the entirety of his career. This, the pairing there with Holland, 
One of the big things is he's got to square the ball whenever he has a 1v1 with the keeper and Holland's free. You saw him he's in the do community that. shield. Like, it's the same shit. Like, it's the same shit with Havertz. Well, that was in the Chelsea community fans. shield where that happened. I think that was no, in no, 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 no. Like, the community shield where he had, like, he subbed in and he was in really good positions and he just couldn't finish. I think he's going to, right? I think some of that's rust from, you know, Dude, this is what not he always playing does, though. Like, uh, I don't I, think he I, always I, does that. Listen, that's not true. I, I don't think this is somebody that's going to be given a chance to be a top three midfield asset. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't this think, is. I don't think per minute he's going to have the. Ability this is a long shot. It's a long shot, but I really do have a gut feeling like, look, that this season's going to uh, be excellent for Foden. He, he's not going to have. I, I'll also put fifteen dollars on this. He's not going to have the minutes that Rashford, Saka, Salah, Son, Madison, maybe Bowen. Like there, I, I see. There's probably maybe 10 to 15 people that could probably finish above him. In right. Okay. Well, that's fair. That's a fair assessment. But at the same time, the number of goals that city are going to score this season is going to be ridiculous with how solid they are at the back. Now they also lost a lot of attacking talent though. They did, but I, st- I mean, what they have Grealish, KDB, Alvarez, but KDB is also coming Foden. back from an injury and who, I think he's questionable to play. He's questionable. he's questionable to start against Burnley. So his the way that he's healed and came back has been quite well, pretty impressive apparently. Um, well, but I I'm, think Foden back back to Foden back to Foden. Come on, mm, mm. I see him having a breakout season. You know, and if he does not, I think he's going to be going elsewhere somewhere in the Premier League. Frankly. Because at this point, he has to be fed up of not starting, the in and out of the team. His relationship with Pep has probably struggled in the past, um, if I had to guess, due to not playing. And I think Pep Guardiola is pretty demanding of Foden with his expectations for what he thinks he can do. No, Um, we've talked about this. I agree that he is. But it's your choice, Luke. Well, I'm going to be honest. I'm just happy I'm making $15 off you. That's going to be really nice when you when you do that. We um, need to find the nearest pool table. I need to kick uh, your ass right now. Good luck with that. So my third midfielder, we'll move on from Foden and leave that discussion in the past. I'm sure we'll pick this up off the pod. But um, going to my third-ranked midfielder, I think James Madison is an excellent shout for this opportunity to break into the top three because That's he – Obviously, this is going to be highly dependent upon Kane staying, I think. But if Kane does stay, I think James Madison is in for a breakout season. You know, he's he's playing with a significantly higher quality of teammate. And if you look at how he played when he was with England, he put up in really great performances with Harry Kane. Um, I like the way they linked up together. And yeah. his creativity is going to be excellent for the system that Postacogli wants to operate. Yeah, I, I, I think Madison is... I, I have no problem with that at all. Yeah. I think he is like a top attacking talent in the world. Like especially just like creatively, like assists, like he with all the weapons he's gonna have in front of him, especially like you said, if Kane stays, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch and he could just rack in the FPL points. Like bonus points, he's probably gonna be all over, be my guess. Yeah, I I agree with that too. I think so I don't know. Very very interesting midfield selections there. Yeah, um, we we had we had differences. I like that. Me too. Me too. Good. Yeah, I think we see things a little bit differently, um, mm-hmm. and that's that's what makes this interesting. So, Paul, do you want to go through your forwards? Let's just rip right through these um, and get out of here. Yeah. So um, I have Holland, which no explanation. I think everybody kind of knows. Um, Kane, advising that he st- that he stays. Right. And then Darwin Nunes. Ooh, time for me to rip you apart on a pick. <laughs> so why do you think Darwin Nunez? I think so. I know there's a lot of question marks kind of surrounding what Klopp thinks about him and if Klopp thinks he's ready to play in that stage. But I think we're kind of seeing that he's getting a lot more comfortable. He had a really good preseason. S- he missed some sitters. He missed some sitters. That's gonna. He's going to do that, though. That's just the thing. Like, Not everybody can be ha- Holland right away scoring 50 goals a year, but he, he's still very young. He has he puts himself in great positions. We can't argue that. Like his XG is always high. He's all he's usually in the right spaces. So I think we're gonna see it click this year. And when it clicks, I think he's gonna be at points of this season. He's gonna be undroppable from your team. Because look at uh, my also my also my thing is 
if he if he can lock in a starting spot in this Liverpool attack, then he's going to have so many people around him creating for him that a lot of it's going to be just like tap-ins or f- close finishes. Which yeah, right. I Yeah, I, I definitely... Which he's a big body. He's good for that. Like Part of me sees that argument as well, right? I see, you know, there's a world where... Darwin goes out, has an amazing season, you know, bags a couple goals early on and builds that confidence and develops in that player that Liverpool really thought they were getting. Mm -hmm. But the other part of me, I'm a little doubtful just because I think if he doesn't get those minutes early on, his confidence drops a little bit. It's going to be really hard for him to break into that team in the starting 11 consistently. There is a lot of contention for those spots. I do agree with you, Luke. Yeah, and it, I think it's even worse at Liverpool than City with their rotation, with how many great options they have in the attack. And, and I mean, a lot of it comes down to injury because they loaded so, up on these attackers trying to replace players that were injured, and now they have a wealth of options that, you know, maybe if they didn't have one or two, they'd probably even be better off. So I think another aspect of it, too, that is either going to be really helpful or harmful for him. Without Liverpool being in Champions League, there's not going to be as much squad rotation. So he, if he locks in a spot, he's probably going to be more than likely to play in more Premier League games than he would have been with Champions League. Yeah, that is a good point. But they do so, have other competitions they will be playing in in England. Yeah. No, they, they do. They absolutely do, but... I don't know. It, he's he's somebody where if I think he's gonna if he gets the minutes that he that he should this year, or that he possibly could, I think he's gonna be a really good FPL. Asset. He, I mean, he did have some really solid game weeks last season. He did, but the big thing there is you had to time it exactly right because if you were yeah. sitting with him in your team for ten weeks, he has one or two good weeks, and the other remaining eight weeks, he's just burning a hole in your team especially with the cash that, you know, you're investing in him or missing out on other Liverpool assets. So um, I like that. That's a really solid top three. Um, yeah, I, I think um, if just to kind of add on to that, that if I if Kane does move on, I would probably have to put Ollie Watkins as the that's final one. one there. That's a good one. Yep, I like that. But that, that's mine. Um, what, what do you think, Luke? So for my top three, I have Harry Kane as number one if he stays in the Premier League, which... Please, 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 please. <laughs> please, please, please. I know I'm trying to do something. Stop. Stop. I'm doing something. If I can't have this, I think I'll die. <laughs> we just put out a lot of references for you. If you got any of them, props to you because that means you're consuming the right content. I think the um, best one was the succession. That was a good one. Shout out Kendall Roy, the OG. <laughs> <laughs> so my top three, right? Kane, Holland, and Jesus of Arsenal. If Kane stays, I think he's going to absolutely change the way the FPL has played this season. I think Holland's dominancy over the captaincy and you know necessitating everyone having their team with massive ownership is possibly going to change. So you think it's going to be Kane and Holland? I think Kane number Fighting one, then it. Holland number two. Yeah, I think. You think Kane's going to overtake Holland? I I do. I think he's going to be explosive this season if he stays there, as opposed to last season where he would tick along, you know, get a goal pretty much every game week, you know, maybe have two, one game week, rarely here and there. I think we could see Kane being a little bit more inconsistent with goals every week, but hat tricks would not be shocking to me at all for him. Um, so, and that's just going to come down to the way that Spurs will be playing under Postacoglu with so many shots on target, pressing high up the pitch, um, and just playing so aggressively. They're going to lead goals, but they're going to score a ton of goals as well, especially against the lower tier sides. And that would be amazing if we can kind of counterbalance Holland's captaincy out to where Kane is also someone who is an excellent option. It's going to be really great for FPL to have that. I agree. I'm there um, with you. So that's my little mini rant on Kane. Second, I have Holland. He's you know very similar to Salah. He's self-explanatory. We know what we're going to get from him, especially at home. Those fixtures, whenever City are hosting newly promoted sides or lower tier teams, he's going to feast. Right? You know, he's a beast. I would not be shocked to see him get a five or six goal match at some point in the season. Yeah, no, just for sure with the way he played, with the way City yeah. plays too, f- integrating. 
Like, literally, yeah. it wouldn't surprise me if there was a match, if Pep just let him run wild where he got, like, six or seven. Yeah. In a match, no. literally, like. And imagine captaining him that week. Oh Even with God. everyone else doing it. A triple captain. Oh. <laughs> and we, so insane. We, we put out a Twitter thread on this, right? If you are deciding to not go with Holland in your team, do not do it in a week where City are playing at home. If they're at the Etihad, the I implore we Im- <laughs> we implore you <laughs> to not take him out of your team if they are playing at home. I don't care yeah. who they're playing. Look at last season; he had three goals and two assists against United in a derby. Right, like it's just guys. I'm telling know. you, Holland is perma captain for me. He freaking burnt me so yeah. much last year at the end of the year that kind of like derailed my FPL season from the start. So like Yeah, learning from last year. Perma season. captain until he proves me he shouldn't be a captain. I think that's that's excellent. So Or am I just baiting you all everybody in my mini league? Oh man. <laughs> man. Who knows? You're gaslighting us, Paul. <laughs> uh, only the people in my mini league. Yeah, that's true. Gaslight Jerry all you want. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry, you're not you're not being the king of Guatemala this year. You're he not. he doesn't listen to the pod, so it's okay. He's he's busy <laughs> doing other stuff. Awesome. You know, um, planning to win FPL this season. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So my third option, Gabriel Jesus, Arsenal striker. Choice. I think that he is off everyone's radars right radar right now with the injury that he sustained to his knee. But he's not going to be out too long. I would expect him to be back around game week five, game week six. You know, back in a reasonable amount of time for him to kick on and have an amazing FPL season. Do you think he's really going to get that many goals, though? Like, if he's in Arsenal squad, yes. But I mean, even last year, Luke. Like, I mean, I well, look how he started the season. I mean, he started off very well, but towards the end of the year, like he he did fall off, right? But I think that's because teams are playing Arsenal differently. Teams are going to have to adapt to how Arsenal are playing without him. Then when he comes back in, he's going to give them a fresh wind um, and offer, you know, different versatility that they don't have without him there. Although if Havertz does go out, perform the way that I think he could in best possible, you know, performances, Jesus may not even come back to a starting spot. And my list will look really stupid. Like, think about this. So he only had 11 goals and six assists last year. And... Like to me, like his his biggest season for City was fourteen goals and seven assists. Like to me, that does not that does not outshine like Holland, Kane. I think Darwin could probably end up with more well, than that. Like, my proposition here, right, or Watkins too. A lot of those what eleven goals and six assists they came early on in the season for Arsenal last year. But do we we also can we do we think he can be healthy the whole season too? Like he already has issues. I don't know that that's a big question mark. But in this situation, I'm assuming that he comes back, stays healthy. What I'm saying though is, if he comes back and he can capture that form that he had early on for Arsenal, he could. I wouldn't you know if he puts the ball in the back of the net like he should, he could get to fifteen twenty goals. I wouldn't be shocked by that. Yeah. Just with the way Arsenal play, I think they're going to ev- be even, you know, more progressive with their passing with ball district. I think Arsenal could have a great season. He could be a big yeah. reason why. So, yeah, yeah, that's valid. That's valid. All right. Well, that is the entirety of our defenders, midfielders, and forwards that we think are going to perform the best in FPL this season. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul, do you have any closing thoughts for our listeners? Um, I think that we all need to remain calm and not lose our shit that the Premier League's back because I am trying to be more of a level person and I'm not trying to go highs and lows. So I'm going to remain calm, but I'm so fucking excited. <laughs> I, I can't wait. Like the, the thought of Burnley and Chelsea, no, of City playing tomorrow, I, I just feel like a little kid before Christmas, you know? Like I'm ready to run down and open up all my presents and see what I got. <laughs> like it's so exciting. It is so exciting. I know that's what we're, you know, ultimately really just we're so excited for this season to start. That's why we're cranking out, you know, three pods in the span of about six yeah, days. Yeah, Marina's also about to break up with you two for this. So. I love that's the second time that's been brought up in the pod. That's awesome. Um, Marina, if you're listening, let's not do that. <laughs> let's not listen to Paul. Don't listen to him. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Come on now. How dare you, um, sir? <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. Do you have any closing remarks, Luke? Besides, um, um, my closing remarks. One, as I said earlier in the pod, I really hope Harry Kane stays at Tottenham. I think yeah. that's going to change the way we play FPL this season. Yeah. Two, I feel bad for Tyler Adams. I don't want him to go to Chelsea. Yeah. But there's good God. Don't get me started. Why'd you bring up Chelsea in the pod? The vibes are so okay. Good. All right. So in three, my very closing point is, you know, with FPL, it's we can get really into the weeds. You know, dive into all this data analysis, look at how teams are set up, but ultimately, just play the game where you have the most fun. Right. You know, go do the best you can. If you can commit, you know, 10 minutes to it, still have fun in that 10 minutes because that's why we do this. We do it because we enjoy it. We love FPL. We love the Premier League. And honestly, it's something we're passionate about. And we hope that you guys can, you know, see our passion. And hopefully that comes across through you all every time. Yes. Yeah. Play, the, like Luke said, play the game your way. I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. Like, some people are data, some people are eye test driven. Eye test, and some people are just, oh, I'm going to log in five minutes before the deadline. And you know what? Whatever works for you, do it. What, however you want to enjoy the game, enjoy it. But also, just have fun. Like it, it, it's okay. such an enjoyable aspect of the Premier League and what how we experience it as fans. So yeah, the the last closing point I want to make is don't get too crazy with your game week one squad. Uh, it's something that I was cycling around a little bit the last few days, um, and yeah, he was driving you know, me nuts. It's not, it's not worth it, right? You know, start out with maybe one or two differentials in your team if you really feel that he- you know that strong about specific players, but just play it safe. You know, get a nice, steady overall rank, and then from there you can differentiate yourself, differentiate yourself later on in the season mm-hmm. as we have more data to look at. So, yeah, no, absolutely. All right, well, um, we will probably be cutting it to a close right here, but I hope everybody enjoys their first Premier League weekend and stay yeah. safe out there. The Prim's back, guys. Enjoy yeah. it. Thanks for joining us. See ya.